everybody. Welcome to The Cinema Nerd Presents, the filmography of Amy Heckerling. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm joined, as always, by James, my co-host, to talk about vamps. James, what, what are vamps? Oh, man. Yeah, vamps. It's a, it's a pretty crazy ride. Um, I think it would... After, I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, I think um, after watching, like, I think it would do really well as a TV series. To be honest, like, it, it feels that way. It feels um, like... Yeah, I could see that. Like, yeah, I think I, it, I, it's got yeah, a, a, a real vibe to it. I didn't read it as a TV series, but I really saw it as almost like a kind of a fitting conclusion to a career informed by tv especially well we'll we'll get into all of that stuff and even more have you managed to squeeze any other films in since we last spoke i don't think so actually uh have a quick i'll just jump in and talk about one uh (laughs) because we actually uh talked about it over the weekend but i watched happy feet 2 after having (laughs) the first one recently how was that? I <laughs> I kind of like it. Um, okay. if, for no other reason than Brad Pitt and or Matt Damon, they pay they play Krill named Bill and Will. But at one point, one, I'm pretty sure it's Brad Pitt is describing like they're like, "Why are you doing this about dancing and having happy feet?" And he just goes, "I don't know. It's almost like it's a momentary escape from the existential fear of just surviving every day." And then he goes around dancing some more. So oh, yeah. the fact that Brad Pitt says that in the kids' movie, I'm I'm pretty on board for it. Other than that, it's you know it's a kids' movie by and large. The music's a little weird these movies are weird man i i love them but they're kind of strange yeah i think i've only seen the first one but uh the yeah they they were kind of quite groundbreaking when i saw that first one like it, the effects were impressive the the studio that did it from um uh from australia they yeah really punching above their weight i felt like yeah but, uh, well, in the first yeah. one, you get outside of the penguin world, so you really they have to blend the the CGI penguins and our actual human selves. And mm. that's at least done really convincingly because it's done through a zoo, so all the humans are in super low light, you know. But the it, it does strike a nice ground between CGI and actual animation, right? Like the... Yeah direction that we're headed now with the the lion you know all the disney lifelike remake kind of things they they miss the sort of magic of animation and the fact that bend and stretch means that anything can not that anything can happen but that we snap with emotion when the characters express themselves physically in a way that's not actually possible and so George Miller has a little bit of fun with that. It's not classical animation, but at least the character designs are a little intense and fun. It's so brilliant that George Miller is the director. I never, I never knew that, but that's wild for like, um, yeah, Mad Max and Happy Feet. That's <laughs> it's a good, good back catalog to have. Um, I did watch a, a film, uh, Mulan, the new one. Yeah, speaking of Disney live-action remakes. Yeah, it's 
I, I, so I wasn't super familiar with the original. Like I, I think I watched it, but I wasn't um, like, I, I don't know when I watched it and I, I've just seen bits of it. I, but I think this new one really loses the soul of the whole point. Like they make, they made her into like special witch. They made her into a special witch and there was another special witch. And so the whole point of her working hard and being better than everyone through just being, you know, legit. And working hard. Gets, yeah. Just, she was just legit. She was like, you know, cause like maybe not everyone can work hard and be awesome, but any, like there's an option that anyone can. And the fact, <laughs> that, she's a, the fact that she's a woman doesn't make that not possible. So it was kind of like a, the, the original story made a lot of sense. Like, like perhaps anyone can be awesome mm. if you give them a chance and she was but in this one it's like she's kind of born with magic she's <laughs> okay. the one yeah and i was like oh it kind of kind of takes a bit of the working hard and uh, yeah, you know, so like, fun man have yeah, any like, of these works any of the live action remakes been very successful i mean obviously they're making a bunch of money mulan's kind of a special case because of the world that we're in you know, Lion King made all the money in the world, but it, it has, you know, I, I thought, it, I found it uh, boring. Unless yeah, um, Billy Eichner was on screen. The color, the colors in the Lion King remake were so dull and beige. And like, you think of the original animation and the hyenas, I mean, in my head, the hyenas are like purple or something. And, you know, like the, Greens and purples, oranges splashed yeah. throughout that movie, and, and they all have and, these really great gray tones in them. So they're like kind of on this like El Greco palette, like really misty and just sort of it's really vibrant, but it's not uh, like oversaturated or neon. It's it's uh, yeah, great but then so that palette was really amazing in the animated one, and then the the new CG one, uh, it it just didn't work for me. Like I everyone kind of looked quite similar the, yeah the the aladdin one was uh you know not as upsetting as everybody thought it was going to be i think that's kind of the best thing you can say for it yeah yeah i think that's a really good analogy of it like i mean a breakdown of it like i was going into it thinking how dare will smith stand where he stood <laughs> but um uh yeah what watching it i'm like oh, you know what it's all right but it looks weird um none of the None of the hearts in there anymore. Like, yeah. I don't know. You don't. You don't feel toe tapping like as much. Like, well, that draws us right back around because Robin Williams is also in Happy Feet too, but he's not bringing it genie style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'll have oh. to give them a go. Maybe if I'm just feeling like a like a casual watch. Yeah, yeah. I think it's worth it just to round out George Miller's filmography, if nothing else. But it's also worth it because it is, they're, they're weird. Like the, so the Krill plot is happening alongside of this movie the whole time. And every so often it'll touch, you know, fingertips with the main plot. But it's really not until it comes together as a dais in the end. And it's, yeah. It, 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 that's a small example of the crazy ass cast that this movie has drawn together mm -hmm. and and sometimes the music's really good and sometimes the music's like very operatic which can be great it, it just is like a tonal shift in this movie 
Uh, so anyways, that's uh, another rehash of a movie we already moved beyond. Yeah. Should we talk about vamps? Sure. Yeah. So what'd you think? Up and down, positive, negative? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's actually like a fun little watch. It's, but like I was saying, like, I think it felt like a sitcom. Like, like I could see this being one of the seasons, <laughs> you know, like you just have them doing their daily stuff. It's kind of like what we do in the shadows, I guess. Like, um, I was going to say, it, it is a sitcom at this point, even with the, like, the link between the psychic vampire that shows up at their group meeting at one point. The psychic yeah. vampire and what we do in shadows is a great arc that they're having maybe a lot that, of fun with. Yeah, maybe that was where, I don't know, like I, but the whole energy of it, was, I mean, it was definitely fun to watch, but it, I didn't feel like high stakes or like super worried about anyone or in, like you know even no it's very slight it happens you know it bops right along and any real stakes that there are in this movie sort of generate within the last half hour and resolve very quickly as well mm -hmm. so it's not a plot heavy movie in any way no. um, that does kind of feel a bit instantaneous like that kind of she get she gets pregnant and right. then uh, yeah Kristen Ritter's character gets pregnant and then they kind of go yeah you know what we should probably just kill our, our boss because well, she wants to have the baby so they have to kill the head vampires so they can it's yeah, all, it, and you know what for as quick as it comes together it's very convoluted yeah, but, but it, the stem it, vampires have to die but then they're progeny vampires don't necessarily die they just become their actual age but if and they're too old yeah um they that was that was all fine i think it was just more like they were kind of on board with the life and then they weren't on board with the life and i kind of felt like at least a little bit of the story should have said i'm not super on board with the life for a while um because cause they, cause they're like, oh yeah, we do this and this is what we do, you know, going out drinking and, um, and then and then they're like, I want to die. <laughs> so basically, Alicia Silverstone's like, I want to die, and you're like, oh okay, yeah, um, I, I see, you know, where you're coming from, but it's pretty quick swing on that one, like, yeah, kind of happy to be on a phone and like going out to clubs, which. By the way, the opening club scene is hilarious with the like, um, the emo, no, what is, what is that where they the goth. Form? goth, yeah, the goth with the masks and the weird like colored hair, um, yeah, totally. braided colored hair and it was, and they're dancing intensely to like not very intense music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I thought I uh, had a lot of laugh, a lot of laughs all throughout. I think the movie's pretty funny. Oh, and maybe nice. I'll, I'll jump in here and, and defend it a little bit because I, I do largely agree with you. Um, I, I think all of your criticisms are totally accurate. And for the first, really the first hour of this movie, I'm on board, but mostly because of the cast. You know what I mean? The machinations of the plot are contrived at best. And the cast is having a really fun time with it. But when we get to the end of the movie, I found it like, uh, 
it didn't work hard enough to like really touch me, but the thing that I think Amy Heckerling is doing here is actually saying something. And so it does feel really informed by television. And there's a lot of the like awkward slang, you know, it's just not like quite hip enough. And where we resolve is Alicia Silverstone sort of talking about how she's tired of trying to act young and keep up with these kids and she needs to be the woman that she is, right? And so this is like a, a wild, uh, high, high concept way to say that, but that's where Amy Heckerling is at in her career. And it seems reasonable that she hasn't made another movie since then because she's really walking off into the sunset with this thing. <laughs> and the last two movies that we've talked about with her is um, I Could Never Be Your Woman really have that idea, at least if not right at the center of them, it's those movies are very concerned about our our blonde protagonist deceiving people about her actual age and then coming to terms with her being an older woman in a younger culture. And Hollywood is nothing if not youth obsessed. And even if you are young, trying to keep up with it is goddamn exhausting. So I was really heartened to see this creator who I really like a, a lot of her work. And even the stuff that I don't think is great, I, there's only like one that I think is kind of deplorable <laughs> maybe needs to be removed from the record, but the rest of them I'll actually defend. And to give her this, or for her to take this moment to be like, nope, I have had enough of this bullshit. Peace out. I See, I, I want to just jump in and be like, I, I did thoroughly enjoy this film and I found myself laughing quite often. The weird CG is funny sometimes, but like- <laughs> Particularly uh, at the end with Sigourney Weaver on the skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, not working. Yeah, but I'm, I'm on board. I'm watching it. I'm really, uh, I enjoy it. It's a really good like daytime movie to me. Totally. Like, Saturday like, afternoon kind of vibes. It, it's perfect. Like yeah. I, I'll probably watch it again one day. Like it's, um, uh, yeah, very enjoyable. Uh, the the girls are amazing. Like, sorry, Alicia and Kristen, and then then Sigourney's brilliant to have in there because I love Sigourney. You know. Yeah, and this was right around the time where she was doing kind of like horror cameo stuff. Remember, Cabin in the Woods is this same year, the year before, and she's oh. the like head demon of that situation. You know, she's Bradley Whitford's boss and whoever the other guy is. Oh God, I forget his name. Um, yeah, but so my criticism is really just in structure. Like the the storyline uh, is is kind of odd. But I love I love your analysis of like it's just I I like it as a bow as like a bow for um, Amy Heckling. Like she just went let's make a movie about someone getting to the end and just being like yeah I done well I had. I've made my I've made my story and I'm I'm gonna duck out and I was like that's that's pretty cool. Way yeah, I like that too. I I I also think the. I mean, the plot machinations are are fun, but they never the, either the tone or the script never quite rises to the concept of the plot machinations. Where like, we haven't even mentioned that it's about a vampire who's dating a Van Helsing. Yeah. And then has a Van Helsing baby, a vampire Van Helsing baby. Yeah. 
And the only, I think where it really actually comes together is Wallace Shawn knows what yeah. movie he's in. So like any scene he's in screaming about vampires is yeah. so damn funny. I loved, I love that they brought him back in and, and obviously Alicia's in there, you know, like it's totally. there. It, um, and also, oh, I don't know his name, but one of the guys l- looks like a fatter version of Paul Rudd. <laughs> not super but when he showed up on screen i was like oh he's like a knockoff paul rudd but like he was like the one maybe, who was are you talking about justin kirk the ukrainian it's... vampire no no it was the um it was the c the the lawyer friend who was helping them during the eclipse um oh well that's richard lewis is it wait i i basically i just was like is it? I can't work it out. No, no, not not um, not the older, not um. Well, maybe it is Richard. Who is it? No, it's not Richard Lewis. No, the other one who's helping them out, the CPA, or I don't know what that means. CAP. Oh or, yeah, it's the certified public accountant. Oh, there you go. So CPA, yeah. the the kind of he's he's not super looking like him but he just had a had a had an air of him the first time i saw him and i was like oh good they're just yeah, okay getting a crew together <laughs> all right i'll come with that's you my interpretation that anyway. that's all good we um, should shout out a few other uh pop cameos because richard lewis is in this movie and so is malcolm mcdowell along with larry wilmore shows up and Kristen johnson uh, malcolm mcdowell was a was a brilliant addition <laughs> i really wow. like malcolm mcdowell <laughs> the way he's sort of like downplaying his desire to murder her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be a good idea. Okay, uh, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> and just stabbing things randomly. <laughs> Whenever he's talking, he's got a spike in his hand and he's just stabbing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll also say it's this. I'd have to look all the way back through them, but I really like the soundtrack here. It felt like, uh, A, I hadn't heard any of these songs on any of her other soundtracks, but it felt like the deepest cuts, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'd heard these tracks on any other soundtracks. And there's some really, really good tunes from like, there's some Lou Reed in there towards the end. And there's the, uh, I'm gonna forget the woman's name, but there's some beautiful songs in there. They still managed to bring up the cure at least three times, <laughs> yeah, which I was very happy about. So it, it cracked me up. Like they wanted to go to a cure concert, but it was during the day, and then there was cure posters on the wall, and I was like, "Yeah, Amy's keeping it real, right?" Because yeah. she's complaining about rock and roll festivals during the day. Yeah, who wants to watch rock and roll in the daytime? I don't know, <laughs> man. It this movie somehow escapes like crotchety old person complaining because she's right <laughs> about most of the complaints at least i totally agree with her and maybe i'm just like crotchety old person complaining yeah. now but like i don't know festivals are cool but rock and roll at a grimy club is the business you know yeah for sure actually like growing up there was a really big festival that went on throughout a like a a long day right. back home but you used to always try and catch the rock bands who would play a quiet gig either the night before or the night afterwards oh, because yeah. it would be in a grungy bar and it'd be a little bit more intimate and you know like seeing 
some of those bands in a festival is great because it's a chance to see them, but seeing them in a bar with a drink and, you know, like, yeah, that, that, that's what, and what you honestly, kind of I love wanted. a festival too. I'm not above it. I've been to my share of them for sure. And oh. I've had some 10 AM mosh pit parties, but. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I enjoyed it. I, I, <laughs> I liked a lot of it actually. Like it's kind of a fun little watch this film. Uh, the, the, not showing up on camera but like the yeah. rules about the rules about the vampires like and some of them are true some of them aren't and she like spat out the soup because it was garlic and then you right. find out that yeah she did that just because she doesn't like garlic and there's nothing to do with vampires and i was like oh that's good like i like she was quite rude at her boyfriend's parents by spitting soup all over the, the dining room table and it was because it was garlic <laughs> Dude, the bits are really good. I love the running gag of Alicia Silverstone claiming to get her knowledge from the History Channel. Which, <laughs> yeah. That gag itself is like, okay, that's fine. But the payoff at the end where you find out that Kristen Ritter has been watching the History Channel the whole time, trying to like gain the knowledge and learn more about her friend and just only watching Hitler documentaries is yeah. really... It's well-observed. It, there's really well-observed yeah. stuff, and there's great bits, because she's a super talented comedy director, man. Yeah. So that's kind of wrapping it up, Amy Heckerling. Uh, do we have a, like, a favorite? Are you wanting to nominate a champion? I mean, I'll tell you what. Uh, I would just put Clueless on the top, but I do have to say that Fast Times at Richmond High is very high-level film. I think we also need to like take Clueless out of consideration because it's like obviously it's Clueless. This is the Clueless memorial conversation. Because you just put it at the top because it's such a fun, clever, kind of off kill like different film. Yeah, but perfectly made execution. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Uh, it's either that or loser, which is amazing. <laughs> no, uh, I don't want that going on any record. I did not enjoy that one. Um, <laughs> to be clear, I am opposed to rape in all of its forms. Um, yeah. I, dude, it might, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll defend this movie. It's, it's the weakest script she's had for sure, aside from loser. Yeah. But, I really, really liked it. There's something about it that I just found so charming. And I mean, the characters, the characters were endearing. The, the, the kind of story was fun. Like, and it, it, it probably was, you know, like I'm, I'm not sure when uh, what we do in the shadows, the film or the TV sherry kind of started, but um, like it must've been before all of that. So yeah, you this know, would have been quite a in what a twelve, and what we do in shadows. The the film was like at least twenty fifteen or sixteen, maybe yeah, right. more than that. And the show is about two seasons um, old now. Yeah, so it would have been like a, a a new concept, all of that, and that's quite fun. Like, I think the the yeah two thousand fourteen. The I I, I like it. I I think. It's weird that I didn't hear about it before or ever see it because it's the kind of thing that I was watching, <laughs> you know? But it, it doesn't surprise me that it got buried because it is 
like structurally it's mm-hmm. real messy and if you're not on board for like any kind of part of this i could see bailing out real quick on the thing yeah 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 no that's fair it, it the story as i've said just yeah definitely meanders and is a bit <laughs> funny but uh yeah i loved it i loved the characters i had good good laugh um here, let's it. do this. I, I'm just going to give you, uh, I want to hear from you whether this is a good movie or a bad movie. And then we're going to try and like weight the average here. So Fast Times at Ridgemount High. Good. That's a good movie. Yeah. Jenny Dangerously? So that was a no for me. Uh, um, I think that's a good movie. Because I missed me. Like, I think it may have been a well-made film, but not okay. for me. Oh, no. Okay. So I'll say good film, but not my, not my forte. Fair enough. National Lampoon's The European Vacation. Bad, bad. That is yeah. a thumbs down, right? Yeah. Man, that movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Then we're into the Look Who's Talkings. Yeah, so first one, good. First, first one's one, good. Second good. one, bad, right? Second one, bad. Second one, bad. Second one, bad. <laughs> But but not National Lampoon's bad or yeah or the L word the other. <laughs> um, and then we're up yeah. to uh, Clueless. Good. Good. Very good. Yeah. Loser. Bad. Oh yeah. Vamps. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Mean, Vamps. I don't know if I can say it's a good movie. I like it a lot, but I can't really call it a great flip film. No. Yeah. It. You know she's real up and down, movie. man. It's kind of like every other i like the movies a lot but i would say mm. she's got like two i mean really strong movies of her own that she's that she wrote and directed fast times she is really really great uh but you know she directed these movies and didn't didn't write that one yeah and then the later ones i the rom-coms i like them but i don't think they're great you know i was yeah. uh, talking to you off the pot about this but i really had a hard time even calling i could never be your woman to mind like literally the day after we talked about it we had watched the movie and discussed it at length and then i just was like wait is that the one where (laughs) meg ryan has to go back and no that's kate kate leopold i watched that movie also (laughs) so you know i like these movies but i i just can't I don't know. I think she's got two really, really great films in her uh, career and then a bunch of movies that I kind of like. A lot of people don't have any. That's fair. (laughs) Like some people people roll their career on for a long time and don't have any massive hits. There's a couple home runs in that. (laughs) You know, so she's done well. Yeah, and even in the, the ones that aren't home runs, I think there's you know, stuff to defend there. I think there's, like I said, legitimately only one that I will instruct people not to watch and have questions for her about if I ever get the chance to interrogate her. Yeah. 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 That one, I don't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's an influence in there that I have no idea what it is. And it, yeah, that was a, the tough film. <laughs> yeah. So where does our journey lead us now, my friend? Buddy, we're on a mind-bending adventure as we jump into the films of 
Well, you tell the folks. Yeah, we're gonna do um, the. No, I'm gonna tell them it's Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs>